Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pale in Comparison, a proud member of the Doof Network. In this podcast, my sister uses her knowledge of the otherverse to take a look at Pact, Wildbo's least appreciated work, and I try to not give away any spoilers. I'm Jenny, and Malia convinced me to read Worm. I'm Malia, and Jenny convinced me to read everything else. This episode, we are covering Collateral, chapters 4.11 and 4.12. Before we get into that, however, I'd like to issue a spoiler warning. This podcast is filled with pale spoilers. If you don't know the significance of the snake, the goat, and the wolf, and don't want us to tell you, stop now, read pale, and come back to this podcast. As for Pact, there will be full spoilers through the chapters we are covering. All right. Um, here's my summary that I'm going to read over. Um, Blake is trapped in a tree by a specter and a large blind other. He uses Lammer to throw his voice, creating enough of a diversion to escape the tree. He runs into the child Echo, Evan, who Ooh. gives him some good advice to evade the hyena. Blake manages to hurt the hyena with some holly contaminated bullets. Um, then Blake and Evan are targeted by a bunch of others that Blake has to fight. He and Evan escape through a very small tunnel. Um, Blake manages to finally bind the hyena. Woo! Woo! Then he asks Evan if he wants to be his familiar, um, but then is surrounded and arrested by police. Okay. Can I just say, um, y'all know that we kind of schedule things ahead of time and we built up sort of a, buffer but then we recorded with our mom and just like did some other things and so we haven't recorded in a few weeks and i've been just like sitting on this and jenny is like <laughs> close to having her baby and i'm just like living in fear that i'm gonna be able to read the next chapter which is an interlude and then read nothing else for like months and i already sort of forgot things and like rereading was very important for these chapters and i'm just like yeah. i can't be like what happens <laughs> you know, yeah no like, i'm not gonna weeks. lie like there's been a few times where like i've already thought that i was gonna have the baby but baby hasn't come yet um although thank you baby yeah could, i've been having contractions for like over over a week now so mm-hmm. thanks a lot body like last night i literally like i was dreaming and i dreamt that i had a stomach ache and i woke up and it was a contraction that's in real mean. life it is mean and it ha- happened several times over the night that never uh. happened before <laughs> so <laughs> it was like they're starting to hurt more so it is good we're recording because you know could be any time woo yeah could so- be during this recording no I, well, let's hope not but <laughs> we'll f- stay tuned and find out <laughs> For those of you out there who pray, please pray that we can get through this week and then next week so that I can at least read what the fuck happens to Blake, even if I can't talk about it for weeks and weeks. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I know the sad thing is, too, I only have one chapter for you to read this upcoming week. So that's very sad. Um, (laughs) Anyway, we're going to get through it. It's going to be fine. and I'm going to have a healthy child uh, sometime, probably in the next few weeks um, or tonight. We'll see. Um, but we'll, we'll get started. Um, again, Blake is stuck in a tree. Um, thinking quickly, he uses glamour to throw his voice and escape. Woo! That's that whole section summary that I... Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, Blake continues to do solidly. I mean, like, Blake as a protagonist, like, fucks up a lot, but then also, like, I don't know. I'm not very good at, like, anticipating what's happening and guessing what characters are going to do. And so I often, like, don't understand what Blake's plans are. And I'm like, I'm like, wow, that was really clever. Um, And I mean, part of it is I think that, like, we're not privy to every moment of Blake's life. So all and like every thought that he has, you know, because it's not very fun to be like, okay, this is exactly what I'm going to do. And then for it to just work out. Yeah. Um, But like having it like not everything can be can be like a plan that is fucked up. Or whatever. I don't know. Like, I was impressed by his abilities um, and his his plan to catch the hyena and stuff. Like, it all, like, works pretty well. Um, but he also, like, gets super fucked up, which, Blake. Um, yeah, that's, like, his thing. Yeah. The, the beginning of this chapter I found really hard to follow. It was, like, there's the echo and like some sort of car accident who's like screaming about day and day is like kind of an odd name to me like it was like throwing me off and it was like oh my arm oh my leg and like there's a big blind thing and like blah and the pale things which i in my mind were the fairy but i don't think they were because that came up a lot later than i had remembered when i was doing my reread and i was Mm. just like what is happening and i'm bad with action scenes in general um, in terms of like paying attention, I usually am just like they will tell me the consequences of this fight at the end. So I don't <laughs> like the exact ways this person is hurt will come up if they are important later. <laughs> um, but I was I was really trying, but I was like, wait, what is happening? And I think the like this section does a really good job of like hyping up the tension and the like the terror that this. Echo is feeling and making Blake feel and like like I really was like oh like you're in pain and like you're in a tree and like you're gonna die and there's others coming and you gotta get this other to like stop yelling at you and making your leg hurt and yeah the the arm thing is because the hyena ate its arm so it's like it as an echo is wrong because the legs are supposed to be hurt not the arm and like that I finally kind of clicked together but I was just constantly like what is going on mm-hmm. also this echo is real fucking annoying it is a re- yeah really fucking annoying um <sighs> absolutely right <sighs> yeah <laughs> um anyway uh moving on Blake uh oh, wait sorry oh, take it back I have a I have like two questions yes. about this section Fuck. um all right <laughs> sorry don't cars actually blow up do cars blow up? Blake said cars don't really blow up after like car accidents. Like can't like the gas Not like usually. catch on fire and do stuff. Yeah, I think it has to be a very specific like circumstances. But okay. like it, it's uh, I mean if something were to happen with like the gas tank, as far as I'm aware like it'll catch on fire first most of the time. Um and it'll still okay, take yeah, a, a yeah, while yeah. to And it won't explode. just be like boom. Sure. Yeah, most of the, I think most of that is just action movies trying to be exciting. <laughs> um, like, yeah, I most of the time, yeah, I don't think they tend to blow up. Right, and like being covered in fire is like also bad. Is that your second question? No, yes. just like in terms of <laughs> why people need to get away from cars when they crash. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. Um, if so, if a car crashes and there doesn't seem to be smoke or anything going on that seems like it's going to burst into flame 
and there's someone mm-hmm. that's hurt in the car, it's best to probably not touch them and leave them mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you don't know what kind of injury they have. And you could, if they have some kind of a spinal injury, um, you could exacerbate it and potentially worsen it um, to get them out of the car. Cool. However, you know, if it, if obviously if their car's on fire, like it's better to have a <laughs> paralyzed <laughs> person sure. than a dead burned up person yeah so it's kind of like risk versus you know reward type of thing but yeah in general yeah if people who get into car accidents um probably going to be in shock but if you get thrown out or whatever try not to get up and move a bunch like try to stay still even if you feel like you're fine because you don't know what kind of injuries you have to your neck and your back and shit and it's just i mean Unless, like, there's no help coming and you have no, you kind of have to move. <laughs> but mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. ideally, going to want to keep that person there. And that goes for a lot of inju- types of injuries. But anywho. Cool. Cool. Cool beans. What's your second okay, so question? Qu- question two is like, so if, so he's like, these stab wounds aren't real. And I'm like, cool, got it, check. And then he's like, also, this adrenaline that is flooding my body isn't real. And I'm like, wait. If you're feeling a bunch of stab wounds, wouldn't there still just be adrenaline that floods through your body? Like, he's his his mind is experiencing these stab wounds, so wouldn't his mind be like fuck? And like, you know, like I get that, it, like Probably. it kind of hypes the tension later, right? For when it's like the fairy, and he's like, these were like real, real wounds, unlike before. Like it's setting like a baseline of like this is scary and bad, and then like hyping it up. But just that line, I was kind of like, how do you like like. How the fuck do you know that's not real adrenaline? And isn't it probably real adrenaline? <laughs> He's mixed in there. I would, well, I would think like, this is speculation here, but I'm thinking, especially him living on the streets and stuff and being like attacked and stuff by people, he has a good feeling about what like real adrenaline if- feels like to come on, like after getting injured and stuff. So I'm sure, he- I'm sure you're right. I mean, he's in a situation where you kind of have to have some adrenaline cause it's like fucked up, but I'm guessing if it came on real suddenly, like the stab wounds, um, hmm. then maybe he's like, okay, the adrenaline that normally would be attributed to like being hurt, um, is obviously coming from the specter. Hmm. Um, I feel like it could be either way. But I see what he's saying. I feel like it's valid. Okay. But, I mean, he's definitely. I, mean, I got guess maybe some. he's emphasizing that this is also what the per like what the what they were going through, experiencing. Yeah, yeah. That's what I. That's how I. And took he's it. being affected by it. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I took it as. Cool. All right, sweet. Next part. Um, Blake encounters Evan, the boy Echo who gives him some pretty great advice in order to get away from the hyena. Evan! Evan! He's so cute. And, like, kind of creepy, and then he turns into just, like, straight-up cute. He's pretty um, awesome. <laughs> um, Yeah, I fall for all the things, because when Blake was like, are you the hyena? I was like, oh, God! And then I was like, no, he would have... What? Like, why wouldn't he have just attacked him? But, like, for a second, the whole, like, <laughs> you're the only thing that isn't horrifyingly mangled out here, you know, like, got me. And, like, ooh, because he keeps being like, oh, the hyena is so tricky and tricking people into, like, coming here and dying. And maybe this boy is, like, tricking people into coming here and dying because it wants me to go mm-hmm. in the water, which is freezing. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like, God damn it, like... 
<laughs> I guess it's good to ask yourself those questions. That's true. Um, when when Evan talked to him about or told him like going through the stream, um, mm-hmm. did that make sense to you after knowing what we know about goblins? Um, yeah, I don't know if it like definitely clicked in my mind the first time. Um, mm. when he said wait in the water, I like instantly was like, yeah, do it. Like, yeah, do it. Yeah, go. <laughs> but it wasn't necessarily like, like I wasn't like the second read through. I was like thinking more about, cause I think even Blake is like, well, this is a goblin, but I guess this still works. And I was like, Blake, no, this is a goblin. And that's why it works. Like, what are you talking yeah. about? Either that or I misread <laughs> that. But I started thinking about like Liberty and the bridge and her goblins and how she had to throw the thing in to make the water gross for them to be able to cross or whatever um Mm -hmm. when liberty and america were fighting the trio Um, yeah and i was just like yeah of course um that makes sense um yeah they made that water gross as hell yeah it was nasty anyway (laughs) but yeah like evan being like wait in the water like eight times i was very much like yes do it whereas like through the squeeze like later was harder for me i was like i kind of get that there's like a tunnel thing but like where whereas like wait in the water it's like yep it's right there yeah (laughs) go to it it's right there and my shoes are wet blah 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 yeah that's rough although having wet feet in the winter is bad but it's worse to get eaten sure yeah (laughs) (laughs) um I thought it was interesting that Blake didn't seem to know that song because I mean I I don't think they necessarily sing that in our churches and I mean I guess like I'm American or whatever but that just like I instantly like started singing the song to myself and Blake didn't seem to recognize it and I'm wondering if that's like a common Canadian thing where like people wouldn't necessarily know that song or what I feel like I'm blanking on the song we're talking about the wait in the water song oh wait in the water yeah Um, Hilariously, you saying that is to me thinking of the Hawaii song "Wade in Your Water." Oh like, <laughs> no, yeah, which is very different. Um, and I still feel like I'd have to look up the church song because I think because that other song is the first one that like pops into my head and drowns out everything else. You want me to sing it? Hey, it's up to you. <gasps> I could cut it out. Um. It's just, it's a lot lower for me, so it's hard for me, but, um, wait in the water, wait in the water, children, wait Definitely in not. the water, God's gonna trouble the water. Really? Yeah, I've never heard that in my life. Oh, weird. I don't know why. <laughs> I just thought everyone knew it. JK. Yeah, never heard that before in my life. <laughs> Went to the same Catholic school as you, the same church growing up, like at a, least. A slave song thing, yeah, like like Evan says. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I've never heard that one. I don't know. Yeah. Um, good to know. Cool. Yeah. Um Yeah, the one I'm thinking is very different, people. It's uh, <laughs> about like like sex well. or whatever. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty sweet song, but yeah, it's definitely not not the same vibe we're going for. 
Right. So I I almost feel like Wade in the Water is like actually about escaping slaves, but I'm not sure. I'm going to take your word on that, but I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Songs of the Underground Railroad. Um, I feel like I've heard about the song before, but I don't think I've heard this, the actual song. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Because it does sound familiar. So yeah, it's basically also eat also like the slaves leaving Egypt. It's like maybe a thing that's related to, but those two narratives are very huh similar. That I haven't obviously. heard of, but I have heard of this song now that we're talking about. It. I just yeah, I haven't heard it, but basically cool. like a way to tell escaping slaves to get off the trail and into the water to make sure the dogs um, couldn't know, sniff yeah. their out their trail. So makes sense. Yeah. All right. Let me see here. Um, Blake's getting better at the practice, which is fun. And um, hopefully not entirely because he's like siphoning from Rose or whatever. Um, But like the connection where he's like trying to get Evan's attention or whatever. And like the connection like arcs off in a different direction. I'm like, feel like that was like the connection to the kid's body which is really sad, um, but also interesting that he could make a connection to something that he wasn't like intending on it necessarily. Like the body hmm. still is Evan enough, um, even though he was like trying to connect with the echo. Um, yeah. And just like the fact that he was able to like figure like, oh, okay. So the only spirits here are the ones the hyena has like cultivated and like fucked up or whatever. And so all the, others that i'm dealing with like are all um bells and tripwires i think he described it as which reminded me of Raphael and made me a little sad um but um it was interesting thinking about like the power that the hyena had over this area and like that sort of like pinging system where every time something finds him like it means that the act or the hyena, like something worse can find him. Was like really interesting. Where did Evan find chicken wire? Um, <laughs> shoot. And he like hauls it up into the tree and makes a little house thing. Like Evan's cool. He's but awesome, also, man. Oh, maybe it was like the fence thing with for like the rabbits or whatever the fuck that was. Maybe that was it. Oh, maybe that it was like similar to that. Because I was like, where did you find chicken wire? Oh, that poor little kid. um yeah he's really cool he's really interesting like i feel like the echoes we've encountered in pale haven't been yeah as lucid and like um and like vestiges like rose are like more like like super echoes or whatever i don't remember what they're between an echo and a whatever um, but it seems like he's almost between an echo and a vestige sometimes, um, mm. because he doesn't just have that script sometimes and he can like remember Blake's name and like interact in a way that like June couldn't. Um, and it's just like, I don't know, in, in another example of like, there aren't just like clear categories and boxes, things are kind of fluid, um, but I'm wondering if that means something or if it's just like having this kid 
not be able to actually interact with Blake for the rest of this book, presumably, wouldn't be fulfilling. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I think, it, I mean, yeah, I feel like it's pretty obvious, yeah, just from the way Evans uh, talks to Blake throughout, like, he's definitely not not your average Echo. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like, doesn't Blake say that, um, like, more towards the end, like, that it seems like, you know, his actual soul's kind of there, too. Yeah, I mean, he does say that thing about, like, the afterlife and how the he's like, oh, it seems like maybe whatever is supposed to, like, lead you on was scared off by the hyena. So maybe more of you is, like, here and intact or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, maybe that he's actually more ghost than Echo, which is interesting. Um, or, like, something. I don't know. Um, maybe I mean I know what you're saying but pretty sure in this universe Ghost and Echo are the same thing <laughs> um, but I, I know what you're saying in terms of the, the soul and all that but I don't know if that's something that's in terms common of, enough right well like the Echo is like a an imprint on the world of like a very strong emotion and very like yeah. intense event right Yeah. whereas like a ghost to me isn't when I think about a ghost, I think of like, yeah, the entire soul of a dead person, um, not just like an event. And maybe they're like really fixated on or obsessed with like certain things, but it's not like, like it is that person. It's not. I feel like, I mean, I could be wrong here, but like, I think the ghost, when you're saying, when I think of a ghost, that's thinking of traditional ghosts that we know about that are not in this other verse though Mm -hmm. um i don't know if that type of ghost really exists besides like fringe cases like evan here sure like i don't I, i think generally when they are talking about ghosts um they are talking about echoes right because like when something dies it leaves yeah usually um that's a, my impression was at least that's fair that seems right um but i'm thinking about it maybe evan is more like a vestige because there's more of him here or something i don't know like roses and an echo she's like there's more yeah I don't know. But uh, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I just I would just say an echo with the soul still intact. But uh I know why you're going that route, but I'm just like uh vestige is like a man-made thing. Are they always? I guess oh yeah, because they're like halfway between a simulacrum or whatever. And an echo. That's interesting. Yeah. So I don't think that's quite right, but cool. You know. <laughs> um, yeah, Evan's real cute and interesting, and I'm excited for more Evan. Um mm-hmm. I think it was really int- like his fixation on someone coming to help. Um, and is like 
the moment where he's like convinced that like Blake isn't real. Um, spoilers for the sixth sense if y'all don't even know what this is, but it just reminded me of like the whole like I see dead people or whatever, and then like the twist of like finding out that like Bruce Willis is actually dead. Um, it was interesting for a moment, entertaining the thought that like Blake was the one that wasn't real and Evan was. Um and it makes sense to that Evan would be like, Oh, you passed right through me. You're not real. Um, but it reminded me of like the sixth sense and also just like, I don't know, kind of made him cuter and sadder <laughs> yeah poor little guy right because he's like oh some like fucking ghost is trying to help me <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah i um, think it's nice of you to give six cents uh spoilers i feel like it's been out long enough yeah that, i don't like, know i mean i'm um, not gonna lie i haven't seen i actually haven't seen the sixth sense but me neither totally, well <laughs> There you go. That's your, there's your, that's exactly the point. <laughs> Maybe someone uh, out there just doesn't know. Well, they do now. <laughs> so you're welcome, guys. Yeah, my spoiler warning is only for Pale. It's not for the Sixth Sense. So, yeah. So, suck I it. I thought I should throw it in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All um, right. And then the other thing in this section that I thought was interesting, and I don't really know what to say about it is like Evan keeps referring to the hyena as a wolf and occasionally it's like capitalized. And I was like, you know, in pale, we're all obsessed with the wolf. We're all obsessed with Avery. We're all obsessed with Avery's wolf and like what that's going to mean for her story and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, I like Avery's one of the protagonists, like that was a really big thing. That's very like defining for her, but just the fact mm-hmm. that it's, it's not like, like this could have been a bear or, um, just lots of different things it didn't have to be a wolf that evan like conceptualized or whatever and like this took place like he wrote this before pale yeah but it just seems like i should draw out some like deep significance and solve all of pale or something (laughs) um that i should have something to say or think about this i'm wondering what the this is another i wonder what the community did when the wolf came up, um, if anyone even really remembered, because I I don't think this would have struck me as that important if it wasn't for Pale. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I don't think that uh, I know that for me, it, I didn't think of I, I didn't start thinking of the hyena when the when the wolf came up in Pale. Sure. Um, I don't think I've seen anyone that's drawn uh, that connection there, but that is. Uh, that is true. I mean, even if it's not uh, a purposeful thing, um, hyena definitely is Evan's wolf. Poor, <laughs> poor little child. I guess, yeah. like, <laughs> I mean, I just keep thinking about my two year old. <laughs> I mean, it's like, <laughs> it just, it's, it hurts my heart. <sighs> yeah. Um, he, it's also just like this is a formative experience in the woods and stuff in the way that like Avery's experience with the wolf is. And like this is gonna like shape Evan the Echo, I think. Um and thinking about the whole like the wolf as the antagonist or whatever, it's just kind of interesting. Um and like I think the wolf's obviously the antagonist for Evan, but also just much more like the monster, like not a thing to be able to be like combated and reasoned with just this like dark horrible 
thing. I don't know. I feel like there should be more thoughts, but yeah. All right. Um, let's see here. Next, Blake ends up hurting the hyena who gets really mad and a bunch of other others end up coming after him. Yeah, I feel like I was supposed to very much understand why Hollywood hurt the goblin, and I was like, I don't get it. Like, <laughs> I was like, okay, this was an awakening ceremony thing for Rose, I think. Blake didn't use it. Um, it's also like a like a naturey thing. I know Holly's really like prickly, I think. Like it's very like thorny, but it seemed, you know, more of a magical hurt the goblin than just a like, oh. The branch hurt hurt the goblin. Um, Like maybe Holly is like pure or some shit. But Blake was just like, oh, yes, this Holly bush, I will shoot through it and it will hurt this goblin. And I was like, what is happening? Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think it's I think you're kind of on the right track in terms of that. Um, Trying to remember where it said. Uh, But I mean, I think it is like one of those things that's kind of different like opposed to its nature so um i want to do some symbols um holly symbol oh it's a big deal in celtic mythology um um celtic chieftains used to wear holly trees for like good luck um or like reeds and it would protect newborn babies from harm um and it's a big christian thing we like adopted it um (laughs) apparently the, the leaves that are like sharp and stabby represent the crown of thorns and the berries represent christ's blood uh and it's evergreen which is like eternal life which is like all pretty hardcore um i feel like blake was more drawing on the celticy things maybe but like not really sacrificing stuff Although apparently the druids were also like, yeah, eternal life. Um, fertility. Cool. It also reminds me, my, like, one of my favorite Christmas songs is the Holly and the Ivy. Um, so when I see Holly, I get happy. Because it's a good song. It's always about Christmas. This podcast is just about Christmas. It, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if I know that song. Yeah, I learned it. Ivy. I learned it in... um. I lived in Houston for a year with my friend and I went to mass with her and she was in the choir. So I joined. And um, so that's how I learned it. It's really pretty. Hmm. Huh, sweet. Yeah. All right. Um, it was pretty funny when Blake called it a little goblin. Cause I don't know if Blake knows enough about goblins to understand like how deeply that would piss off this goblin <laughs> with the whole like size being like an indicator of your status and strength and yeah. you know, everything. I was just like, that's funny. Um, there are a couple things like that. We're like later when the goblin turns into, you know, it's goblin weapon, the sword or whatever. Like I didn't expect that. I, I, I wasn't certain that like every time a goblin is bound, it turns into a weapon, but it sort of maybe seems that way. Um, 
And I don't know if the goblin, like, like, it seems like Blake was kind of expecting it, but I didn't know Blake knew that enough about goblins to know that that would happen. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's learned more than I thought he did. <laughs> I, I think that Blake is really trying to, like, seem like a badass in front of, like, he feels like such an action hero in this chapter or these chapters and like he feels like he's like kind of like showing off for Evan or whatever <laughs> like at one point he's like like I said kiddo help already came and he's and the kids like <laughs> what a line <laughs> right and he and the kids and like what's the worst case scenario and Blake's like he runs and Evan's like what are you talking about like don't we want him to run isn't that good and Blake's like not when you're hunting him <laughs> and I'm just like oh my god like this is so so amazing. I like kind of badass, but also, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, I love it. I feel like there is something to that, though. Like, even if he's like, even if he was totally bullshitting, which I mean, hopefully he's not totally <laughs> bullshitting because gainsay, you know. But right. um, <laughs> like, you know, if if you're trying to take care of like a little kid or something and be brave for them. Um, it kind of helps your bravery as well, right? Right. Like he said later, like I think that having someone to kind of like help and protect and like things like that, like he feels so many like affectionate, like paternalistic or whatever, like feelings and impulses in this chapter. And I do mm-hmm. think it kind of bolsters him like having someone to be strong for or whatever. Um, yeah. Again, the lines are like kind of funny, but like also like like kind of badass and like kind of great, and so it's just like, oh, like <laughs> it's funny. Um, and Evan seems to enjoy it, except he doesn't believe him until Blake finds him. So yeah. <laughs> so the four point twelve starts off, and Blake's like Americans always talk about miles. And they never talk about distance unless they're like super urban or time. Yes. Sorry. Never talk about time. And I was like, that's not true. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I was going to think about that too. I mean, we, we did grow up in Hawaii, but at the same time, like that's, I mean, yeah, no, I usually yeah, I usually talk about it in terms of time, or for sure. Like, uh, it takes like 15 minutes to get there, or like. Mm-hmm. Or I feel like then, when we're talking about like major cities in Texas, and somebody's like, oh, how far away is Houston? And I'd say, like, oh, like two and a half to three and a half hours, depending on traffic, kind of a thing. Like, it's like. Yeah. And they'd be like, cool. Because saying miles, like, isn't helpful for me, I guess. <laughs> yeah, me too. Because. I'm not going to lie, I couldn't even tell you how many miles away Houston is for sure. But yeah, I could tell you, like, <laughs> probably about, from where I am, about three hours. I'd probably say two and a half, three hours. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to, th- yeah, in, I feel like in Hawaii, pro- we'd use time too. But mm-hmm. um, we also don't use cardinal directions. No. Um, and we don't use the numbers of the roads. And I've had tourists in Hawaii, yeah. Me- because they thought that I was like being an asshole and I was like no what is the name of the road I can't help you with the number I'm trying yeah no seriously and even sometimes we sometimes we don't even know the name of the road <laughs> like sometimes it's just like oh like 
you know, where like um, the old Suda store was. You're going to turn left there. And Malia knows what I'm talking about. Yep. And I mean, if you've moved there in the last like five years, you're not going to have a you clue don't know what, what I'm talking about because that store closed like like 15 years ago or something yeah, yeah. but like, yeah exactly <laughs> or like hey you know we're like the old like i guess it's an azekas plaza but like you know where like azekas ribs used to be like mm-hmm. so right over there you know or mm-hmm. <laughs> um all that kind of stuff you know um yeah, it's very just- landmark related and also like Sometimes we'll use like Malka and Makai. So like Malka meaning like toward the mountain and Makai meaning like toward the ocean. Cause that actually yeah. like really helps. It really helps. Cause there's always like, there's always the ocean and you can always tell. <laughs> exactly. Same with like windward and leeward side. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very helpful as well. Like if you're, yeah, if, if you're a tourist and you're like, Hey, I'm trying to find like, I don't even know what the fuck some of those, cause we have, te- we have interstates in Hawaii, which makes a lot of sense on Oahu. Yeah, but I, th- I think Maui technically it's interstate, isn't it? Well, like, uh, I don't think so. Like Pilani Highway. No, I think, I think it's. Te- I, I could be wrong, but let me see. Um, but yeah, I know that. I thought it was just the H's. Maybe oh, you might be right, but I know it has an actual like highway name, which it does have a highway number. Yeah, which like I have no idea what the hell that is. Mm-mm. Um, let's Google it. What is the, what is P.E. Lonnie what Highway? P. E. Uh, it says it is Hawaii Route 31. Fascinating. Yeah, that's... I will uh, not remember that. Yeah, if you went to Hawaii, it'd be like, hey, like, how do I get to Route 31? People be like, are you, like, are you high? <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> we don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. <laughs> pro tips for visiting hawaii people know h1h2h3 or whatever if you're on oahu but i don't think we know the numbers for any other road (laughs) yeah i think you're right highway 31 just like what a weird little name it's p lonnie people (laughs) just get it right Jeez, <laughs> I think they renamed Mokulele to like Memorial something bullshit. Yeah, they did. I saw I'm that. I was, I was like, why? Why? Yeah. Like it's Mokulele Highway. Freaking people. Like, yeah. Another fun fact about Maui. Um, I don't know how this will translate for y'all, uh, non-Americans, because I don't know how to convert this to kilometers per hour. But the fastest you can legally drive on Maui is fifty-five miles per hour. <laughs> It's like one road. <laughs> yes. Which is another reason why uh, it's important to tell the time like it takes to get to somewhere because if you're from right. the mainland and you're like, oh, it's like, I don't know, 15 miles away, um, you're going to assume you can get there a lot faster <laughs> than if you're uh, on Maui. Right. Um, yeah. Also kind of random, just like sorry no one cares about this whatsoever but i just went back home for like the first time in uh three years um and they redid like hansen road malia Um, and and someone got really mad behind me because like for the longest time like trying to get onto like hana highway it was a yield sign and and, so i was so i was just like sitting there and they were like i like on the horn i was like man this guy's an asshole and then like i realized 
like just a little bit later oh i get my own lane i don't but have it was to like a protected right yeah that yeah that messes I'm, yep yeah like i literally just i was like that wasn't very aloha spirit of you <laughs> jackass <laughs> but yeah so i basically stopped in the middle of the road for no reason um it's hard when you move reason. away and don't come back for a few years and shit's changed you know mm-hmm. uh it's rough <laughs> yeah i thought you were just referring to the fact that you don't like get a really bad back massage by like bumping on that road anymore but oh no that's they might have fixed that a while ago i think they fixed that a while back <laughs> yeah it's still yeah that road prime. was like rough <laughs> so just to bad. paint a picture it was by it's like a, a shortcut going up to like up country which you guys won't know what that means, but it's fine. Just just deal with it. Just it's imagine fine. it. It's, it's a shortcut, <laughs> kind of. Um, and it goes kind of past like the island dump. And so it always mm-hmm. smells terrible. We always called it Rotten Egg Road mm-hmm. because it smelled terrible. And there was like this, like the city or like, or like the county and the state like could not decide whose job it was to fix the damn road. So mm-hmm. for years, it was like you could barely call it paved it It was was basically like gravel road um (laughs) it was a piece of shit (laughs) um it was also like we drove by like the sugarcane factory which is now closed because um which is kind of sad but i think that's also part of why it smelled probably was the cane factory you're probably right because i think it smelled better nowadays (laughs) i'm not gonna lie still a bummer it's still a bummer just but i mean objectively I know it's better for the environment. Uh, we always used to have like what we call Hawaiian snow. Like if they're burning the cane, it basically was like ash, like flakes just like flying from the sky. I'm like, yeah, that's not great for the environment. But on the other hand, uh, could also we also get the fog from the big island when it erupts. So it probably didn't make that much of a difference in terms of the air pollution. But True. I don't know. Um, it felt like weirdly magical whenever it would just sort of happen. Yeah, it was like little black flakes that would fall, and you would like crush them in your fingers. If you got like a really long one, it was always cool (gasps) because it was like, ah, this is awesome. Then you could, it was basically just like ash. Yep, smudge it anyway. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) This is non-relatable for uh, probably ninety nine percent of our listeners here, but. Um, for but that the one guy from Honolulu, <laughs> that one guy from Honolulu. Shout like, out to you! <laughs> shout out! Woo! I don't know if you got Hawaiian snow over there because I don't remember how long oh, ago they, they probably stopped. Had, yeah, because they they probably I don't think they've burned cane over there in a long time. But you can still relate to a lot of this other stuff. I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right, back to the actual podcast that we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jen, I mean, I, I'm sure it, it probably depends on where you live on the mainland, but I know at least Malia and I, like where we've lived, uh, at least in Texas and Hawaii, like we use time for sure. Right. And I feel like Wild Bo's or Blake was kind of saying, like in more rural areas, you're more likely to use miles. Um, and that might be true because maybe it's it doesn't true, fluctuate maybe. as much with like the time Whereas, like, traffic and stuff would really, like, something being, like, three miles away in a rural area is probably a lot easier to get to if you have a car than something three miles away. Like, 
in an urban area. Yeah. Um, so that might be part of it. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, <clears throat> the U.S. is so freaking big. Like, woo. It, you know, <laughs> what's one thing down in Texas is going to be something a lot different, like up north or, you know, that's just kind of how, how it goes. True. True. Um, Canada's also big, but yeah. Yeah. Canada's freaking huge, man. <laughs> Um, speaking of things that are big, um, I now understand why, I don't know, a couple episodes ago when I was like, I imagine this just as like this little city park, blah, blah, blah. And Jenny wanted me to commit. She was like, you think it's small? I was like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. And it's because Blake literally (laughs) says this park was big as fuck. (laughs) Yeah. That was like rude. Yeah. That was hilarious. I was like, oh, you think it's a little tiny park, huh? With like playgrounds and stuff? Is that what you're saying? You're like, yeah. I was like, that's how I imagine it. (laughs) I'm like, all right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, The fairy is scary. Blake learned some important lessons about glamour. Uh, It's nice that the fae fight each other and not Blake. Yeah. That was a some good thinking yeah and then the eye contact other that was that was a lot the whole like thought that if you happen to catch this other's eye and you were driving you would just like snap your neck and i was like that's too much <laughs> doesn't kind of give you vibes of like um the and ward that uh <gasps> blindside stranger yeah um, yeah i think blindside blindside yeah it's like the opposite <laughs> right that's really fascinating um, it's a pretty interesting thought. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. The the fact that his hand couldn't get in the way was like really neat, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he somehow oh. escaped. So yeah, good job. The squeeze, like. which I loved that. He, like, I'm pretty sure that ni- like Blake never says the word tunnel. And I think that's just like really fun. Because like, yeah, it's some sort of tunnel, but he's just like the squeeze. And it like... I think I realized this before Blake did, but the fact that, you know, Evan calls it the squeeze, which means that, like, for a grown man, like, this is going to be so much worse. Um, yeah. It, yeah. I don't know. Wildbo's really good attention. Um, like, mm-hmm. interjecting small comedic moments and just, I don't know. These were great. Yeah, he's a pretty damn good author. Not going to lie. All right, so after escaping again, uh, Blake and Evan get a small break. Um, Evan inadvertently clues Blake into what's going on with Rose. Yeah, um, I didn't guess this, as all of you knew. Um, when Jenny was like, what's Pose doing? And I was like, I don't know. Like, why is Pose so excited? I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and this makes sense. I think part of it was yeah. like, this almost solidified for me the fact that like Rose is feeding off of Blake or whatever. Cause I feel like we kind of understood that like it almost felt to me that there was a little bit more of a two way connection because like Blake would get energized and Rose would be kind of down and then Rose would be energized. and Blake would be kind of down. I didn't quite get the like, yeah, she is feeding off of you explicitly thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, And I feel like maybe if that had been like, something I understood more or maybe it had been drawn out a little bit explicitly earlier. I might've got the whole, like I reverse the things or whatever, but I didn't. <laughs> so that's fun. 
Yeah. Yeah, so that's scary, and I don't know how we're going to deal with that, but maybe dealing with Pose or being like, hey, fucking stop it or something will help. Or maybe hmm, maybe talking to like a Behame, not a Behame, a Duchamp, because connections, like the connection is twisted, but I can't yeah, imagine I any of them who'd be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm sure they'll be real gung-ho to help him out. Like, yeah. hey, like, my, like... <laughs> yeah, my mirror buddy is going kind of weak, and I don't know how to fix it. Would yeah. you help her? Yeah, um, yeah. It's probably not happening, but probably not. But you never know. Yeah, we'll find out. Yes. Um, I thought it was really cute how he introduces June to Evan here. Um. I oh shout out to Snowdrop's tiny fan for doing a back to pack that I could listen to. I got really excited when Yay. Um, you all were like <laughs> we're keeping pace with pale comparison or whatever and I was like, I can listen. Um I thought that it was, was interesting. Delightful. That was uh yeah. That whole episode was just so good. Um Yeah. But I just thought it was really interesting that like I feel like all three of them were talking about how Blake is a lot harder on others. Um, and it's a lot more like, oh, they're like tools and monsters and bad. Whereas I haven't really thought that. Um, and I'm not sure if like, I'm th- comparing him to like, Alexander's and Musser's and crap in my head. Or if I'm just mm-hmm. like, wanting to, wanting to think a little better. Wanting to like, Blake. Yeah. But like, in this and also they were like, oh, and like Rose and Blake, like, or I've saw, seen on the Discord, like, oh, Rose and Blake don't get along. And like, I know there's a lot of tension there, but that's not really my interpretation. And I think I just want it to be good. Um, mm-hmm. Like, Blake really, I feel like Blake and Rose really look out for each other. And a lot of that is like self-interest. But I think with Blake, it's a lot of it is like genuine caring for her. Um, and I think that like they feel they're obviously very connected and feel very grateful toward each other um but what i was meaning to say when i started on this was like he introduces june to evan you know like he while several times in this chapter he thought about like the hatchet or whatever and he obviously uses her as a object uh, like a lot he was like oh june this is evan and like evan this is june and like that was really sweet um I I just feel like he's better than the average practitioner, probably. Um, and I feel mm-hmm. like he's better than, like, Rose, maybe. Except, again, Rose is an other. And I feel like that puts her into a different mindset. Like, when she thinks about it and recognizes that, sometimes she's more aware of it or whatever. Um, yeah. I. It also seems like Blake has, like, kind of an affinity for Echoes. Um, and it might just be like, you know, in Jacob's Bell, it was like echoes are the only thing accessible to you as like another or a power source or anything. Yeah. And here it's like this dude eats echoes alive or whatever. But there could have been a little other child or something in here potentially. Like there like there potentially could have been some sort of unmarred other thing, but it is an echo. And that's interesting that we keep coming around to these. Um mm-hmm. There is an argument that, like, Blake is an echo. 
<laughs> no. Um, <laughs> Blake is like the most. Uh, Blake gets on the best with the others that are the most similar to humans in that like mm. these are representations of humans um, or impressions of humans or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't remember him like treating Dix Whistle like shit or whatever. Um, so I don't know. Hmm. Do you have thoughts? <laughs> How do you think Blake is with others? If you could talk about it without being spoilery. I feel like to this point, um, I mean, I feel like he has had a lot of bad interactions with others, like mm-hmm. in terms of like, um, I know, or like Snowdrop, Shiny Fan, and all them when they were talking about like the pizza, like pretending to torture a pizza guy to death and all that just to fuck with them. Right. Um, and like, I, I would have found that super fucking terrifying if I hadn't read Pale. And having read Pale, it was kind of like, ha ha. <laughs> like, what assholes? Not like, holy fuck. Well, I mean, I mean, the first time I was reading that, before you realize it's a joke, then you hopefully would still think that's terrifying because you're assuming they're torturing an actual pizza guy. Well, I think but, I knew that they couldn't, you know? Like, I was confused. I was like, is that a real pizza guy? What's going on? But, it, like, there was a part of me that yeah. was like, they can't actually be doing this. Yeah. Like, I knew enough of the rules of innocence to know that. I mean... I mean, I'm I'm not I'm, from where they were at the house and stuff in public. Even though it was later, you're probably right. But like, look at the milkmaid; those were innocents that she targeted. <sighs> That's true. Like, innocence doesn't necessarily protect you from others. That's if, true. Like, you think like a demon's gonna be like, oh, my bad. I'll skip you. <laughs> I'll go over to the like. You know, ne- the next person. Yeah, I didn't uh, understand demons at the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't remember if we got to the milkmaid part um, at that either. point. Yeah. But I, uh, yeah, Pact is definitely making me more scared of others than I've been since like the first two chapters of Pale, where I was like, oh, God, scary. And then I was like, no, they're not scary. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, just like, there's just a variety, right? And especially Blake with his karma, he's going to get the worst of them because yep. they're not going to really be one to treat him real nicely, you know. Anyway, I'm going to move on. Um, Blake ends up trapping the hyena with a noose of chain and a holly branch binding circle and successfully binds them. Yay! Woo-hoo! Um, This trap was great i don't know i was impressed like i i wasn't really sure what was happening with the circle and i wasn't really sure i mean i was just like ah what's gonna happen so the first time i kind of was speeding through it um but yeah i don't know i was impressed that it worked really well um and he's like oh yes evan you see like humans have evolved to hunt the big things because we can do all these cool things and it was kind of like another weird badass moment but also like a I think he's trying to like talk himself up and you know hey like I can do this like I'm a human I was built for this um which was yeah I don't know it was cool um but then it was also just Mm -hmm. like he's like I'm gonna go find some others to let them torture you and I'm like yeah like don't leave the big monster (laughs) just move just bind him and move on like yeah don't (laughs) let better be the enemy of the good 
Exactly. Like, um, <laughs> I mean, he he did need the like. I'm gonna let them come torture you to help convince him to be bound. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was fun that the goblin weapon was like prickly or whatever and it's like yeah this was a very reluctant binding like that was i liked that that the goblins like oh fuck you like manifested in the sword mm-hmm. um yeah kind of interesting yeah but i don't remember if maggie mentioned goblin weapons or what but i feel like he wasn't at all surprised by this and he was just like oh yeah like Gotta go get the sword out of the tree. Because when I was reading it, I was like, why is there a sword? And then I was like, oh, that's the goblin. Oh, okay, yeah, goblin weapons. Got it. Whereas Blake was just like, yep, there's a sword now. Like, I don't... I feel like he should have been like, what is this? (laughs) Is it safe? Is it bound? What's going on? Trying to remember with Dick Swizzle if, like... Yeah, if she explained anything with that. Um, What did you think about this goblin weapon as opposed to some of the other ones we've seen do you think like it has a um impact on like how powerful like the goblin is and what kind of weapon you get or like mm-hmm. what do you think yeah um it seems like with like the hyena and thinking like blunt munch you know we're like much bigger more powerful like heavy hitters whereas i feel like snot pecker is like like a like a water gun but with snot right like they feel like they kind of reflect the characteristics of the goblin and also like the power level or something do you consider blunt munch and the hyena to be on equal footing no but blunt munch is like the (laughs) biggest goblin in kennet you know um yeah and was a very effective weapon um and like dangerous Mm. and like um stuff whereas a lot of the other goblin weapons are like you know still effective in ways but like also silly and fun and um you know like getting shot with peckersnot's weapon isn't gonna fuck you up the way that getting hit with blunt is um and obviously getting hit with like the hyena is um but it makes me curious about like could peckersnot transform into a gun with a bunch of spikes on it because he doesn't really want to be bound kind of a thing like the fact that like hmm. this was a reluctant binding and like even just holding this thing is gonna hurt was really um interesting to think about like how goblins can like how their weapons will change over time and how they can affect them yeah that's true hmm. yeah i almost feel like though this thing should be like a sword grenade launcher shit compared to you know blunt i don't remember if blunt exactly what blunts was but um was it like a big club or something why don't i remember i guess it wasn't a sword i don't know it wasn't a sword um it was a big blunt i think it was a club (laughs) yeah i want to say something like that something like that um and yeah he he goes he delivers the thing i love that he's like i got a poster tube (laughs) and put it in there that's really funny that's smart yeah it worked um 
and poor Rose is still there. And the, he's like, I have some thrones for your demon shit. Um, <clears throat> and like, Blake borrows Fell's phone. And like, does Blake not have a phone? He talks to... Because he doesn't say, I don't have a phone. He says, I'm poor. Um, so I think he might have a phone, but then like, maybe he didn't have it with him. Like, why did he need to borrow Fell's phone? He talked to Paige. Might not be a smartphone. Oh, right. Because he wanted to Google the thingy. That's probably true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just a weird moment of like, do you have a phone? <laughs> also, if, you should probably get Fell's number so you can call him instead of um, calling him. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Probably be nicer. But yeah. Would he answer? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> uh, fucking fell. Um, yeah. And then this is another instance where Blake is understanding like his shit more than I am. Where he's like, I was paler, but the <laughs> tattoos weren't more vivid. Things were starting to make sense. And then in all caps, I put, were they, Blake? How nice for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, because uh, I don't get it. Um, unless like does Rose sapping Blake make the tattoos more vivid um, whereas like the paleness is just like Blake fucking up like and using him to self that makes him paler I don't know I feel like I, feel I should like, get it I feel like there's they're saying like I don't know like a lot of times the more vivid the tattoos the more like spirits and things were kind of like taking up space right yeah and they like get meaner or like less mean when there's like bad mojo bad juju or something yeah maybe on to the last but not least part blake ends up finding evan's body uh he leads evan there (laughs) offers him the choice of moving on to the afterlife or becoming his familiar then the toronto PD are huge cock blockers and surround Blake and arrest him. So thanks. I want to say you using the term cock blockers to describe this is makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, tell me that's not accurate though. It's it's not accurate. They're not about to have sex. <laughs> okay, come on. You're telling me you don't understand the context. Evan is a child. Are you fucking kidding me? You don't understand the context. I understand. I feel like you just have to, you might just have to suck it up a little bit (laughs) and understand what I'm trying to say. Because like, (laughs) like they do interrupt the moment and prevent their lovely union as practitioner familiar. Why do you have to bring the child into this? I wasn't even thinking that. You said God blockers! Again, again, what does a child have to do with that? Like, it's literally like he was, we're about to see like this awesome, like to see what choice he was going to make. The suspense is there and they come right in and fucking like interrupt shit. Sure. I mean, it's possible that there's a really wonderful equivalent uh, term for that that I just could not right, think I, of i can't think of it at the moment so it's yeah yeah not to mention we just recorded the discussion question about 
pickup lines. Uh, right. Which I, funny which, enough, I think is going in this episode. So we didn't have to do it. Oh, that's hilarious. Well, we did it in opposite order, guys. <laughs> Woo! But uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, uncomfortable or not, I, in my opinion, it is an accurate description of what happened. Because, sure. like, I mean, d- did it bother you every time Clock Blocker came on? It came in the story. No, because Clock because of his name. the best, and I ship him and Taylor forever, and I don't even care. I feel like <laughs> I love Clock Blocker so much. I mean, I do too, but uh, I have heard people shipping him and Taylor. I don't think they would have necessarily been the best couple. That's fascinating. But I feel like... They had so much better chemistry than Taylor and Brian. Oh, undoubtedly. (laughs) But like... Spoilers for where I'm all, I guess. Not... I mean... Yeah, I'm like... Me saying that I don't think they'd be the best, like mix is not saying I think that Taylor and Brian would be better. Okay. Um <laughs> I think I mainly feel like Taylor needs or needed to work on her shit a lot more before she had any business being with anybody. Yeah, that's fair. Um so it's hard for me to picture her as being a good match to really anyone. That's um fair. but anyway, moving on from my choice of phrasing. <laughs> feel free to yeah. Yeah. So the first time I read this, I thought Evan was just kind of sitting at the base of a tree. But no, he was like buried in a whole bunch of rocks that he crawled into or whatever. And so the fact that Blake was able to find him is like way more suspicious looking than I thought it was the first time. And I thought it was already pretty suspicious. Because it's Blake. Um, yeah. This was really sad and really cute. And... um. The fact that he's like, you found me. And I was just like. <laughs> um, I'm glad Blake went back to do this. And I'm also just like really sad. And this surprised me the whole like be my familiar. Because I kept being like, what about Rose? But like, this is really cute and perfect. And I like the idea of like Blake being able to look after someone sort of. But also like having been, you know, up child running around on the streets trying to protect himself um the escape routes the moving faster um the fact that this is yeah this is an other who actually seems willing to interact with blake um i'm wondering what the demon stuff will like do to evan and whatever he doesn't seem to have noticed or commented about it on blake and i'm not sure what's up with that but Hmm. uh, i'm wondering if yeah yeah, I definitely wanted to th- see your thoughts more on the familiar bit because you were really, really fucking gung ho about like, ask Rose already, you bastard. I just wanted you know. it to be brought up. It didn't need to happen. I just wanted it to be voiced. I wanted it to be put out there in the universe so that we could say like, no, this is stupid. And I could like move on because every time they were like, we need another who's willing to like bond with you forever and it's like she's already bonded to you forever like let's go <laughs> and i get mm. the whole like they don't have like that wouldn't necessarily help with a power source and stuff like that wouldn't necessarily like boost power or whatever but i just wanted the story to be like here's an option that we're going to dismiss so that we can all move on <laughs> um but yeah i think this is really cute and i really like it um and um 
yeah, I hope he says yes. Um, cause I don't, I don't think we're done with Evan. I don't think we're done with like, hi, be my familiar. And then just like never see him again. So yeah. Also fuck the police. Cause my God, this is so annoying. And it's also just like, I was like, Oh, like they don't have proof that Blake killed this boy. And then it's like, well, there's a corpse right there. Yeah. There's like a corpse that Blake was able to find and it's hidden in these rocks. And he's like covered in like blood and scrapes and bullshit. And he has the worst karma that you can get without being forsworn. So, yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, they obviously think he killed him. <laughs> like, I just, fuck. And why did the police find him? And how did the police find him? I guess, like, all the, like, wards keeping people away from this area broke when the hyenas bound. And then, like, all the shit. And, like, God, this sucks. <laughs> Uh, and I don't, I don't even get to find out what happens next week because it's an interlude. Uh. Yeah. Sorry, bruh. That it's sucks. Okay. Um. <laughs> All right. Did well. How did you like these chapters? I guess overall. Yeah, they were good. Um. So I probably have mentioned action's not really like my thing or whatever, but I really appreciate the way the suspension was building up i appreciated like blake's cleverness and just like the way we get to know evan was really fun um all the little puzzles that were there um i thought this was a really satisfying like conclusion to the hyena and because i was thinking like okay this is a really long arc for this story um but we're not going to get through all the three thingies but we've gotten through like but we did get through more than one and that feels weird but this like we get through the two easier ish ones ask someone to be our familiar and then like possibly get arrested is a real good, like, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. way to end this arc. I'm kind of assuming the next arc is going to be like dealing with the police and then dealing with the splinter. Um, and like Evan, I don't know if it's like, I, I feel like we're going to see a familiar ritual next arc with Evan, but that might not be the best. Um, prediction but i'm gonna say it i'm saying it i said it okay all right um so are you skipping ahead to bold and specific <laughs> prediction then no we can i'll come up with more stuff to say probably <laughs> all right better think quick <laughs> <laughs> all right um so our pale in comparison section um kind of like this one of these that you wrote down um about i think it'd be fun to compare uh, you're saying Blake is saying a bunch of like badass stuff to look really cool for Evan. Um, it's, it's it would be kind of fun to compare that to Avery saying her uh, awesome anime lines and uh, being cheesy and badass at the same time. Yeah, um, they're both real good, um, and they both like very much work sometimes and very much don't. I wonder <laughs> like. Because Blake seems to be channeling, like, Indiana Jones to me. Like, I feel like he's channeling, like, Action Star. And, like, with Avery, like, does Avery watch anime? It's, like, never come up, but, like, she should. Like, I mean, she would love it, I feel like. Yeah. Because I, I feel Scott. like her lines are a bit cheesier than Blake's yeah. in, like, I mean, the anime way. I'm sure that there are some action movies that are, like, pretty damn cheesy as True. well. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I feel like, or like like superhero-y. Like Avery's a little bit more superhero-y, like announcing your move, like throwing the thing. Whereas Blake's like, "I'm here to save you," and like, 
I was just thinking Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. Pokemon. That is Charizard flamethrower now. Woo. (laughs) I love Avery so much. (laughs) Yeah, she's back to like my official favorite. Verona's pissing me off, but it's fine. I mean, I think she's just like Verona like so the latest chapter was like her really talking with Jeremy, and that was really nice. Um, because I was very mm-hmm. um worried about and not feeling great about the way she was like her and Jeremy's relationship because I think I like assumed a lot about her leading him on and whatever. I've been much more yeah. in like a Jeremy situation before than anything like Ver- what Verona's experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um but like seeing them actually talk about it and interact, like if Jeremy is like blindsided by this, like this is completely and totally his fault. She's being yeah. super upfront with him. She mm-hmm. repeatedly asks and like checks in. She's explicitly like, "You're gonna leave me someday because like you're not going to be satisfied with this because like I am not changing. Like this is what I want and like whatever." Um, I am very glad that Jeremy wasn't like, "Yeah, let's have sex like today." <laughs> I yeah, don't think that Verona's in the right headspace for it. Yeah, that would have been um, a questionable choice. Yeah. To say the least. And um I I still think that Jeremy maybe is like harboring some hope and shit, but like th- that's very much um on Jeremy to deal with now. So that I was like, yeah. this is really good and I'm really happy and really proud of her. Mm-hmm. Um but then on the flip side with her like, oh, I have to like just pretend that I'm fine and go back with my dad because I have to because I have to stay in Kennet was just like awful and I hated it. And at the end when she's like, I'm just going to make a domain right now except I can't because then people can come get the first. And I was just like, oh, my God, like I need you to deal with your shit better. And I know that like that's very easy for me to say because I'm not you and I'm not experiencing this. But um, and I just wondering like yeah. if Avery has had been upfront with these people by now. Would it have made this worse for Verona or better? Um, like, would it have made her be like, oh, I definitely can't leave because I can't leave Lucy alone? Or be like, oh, well, I'm mad at Lucy now anyway, so lol, bye. Or whatever. Like, it's not my fault for leaving. I don't know. Ugh. It feels like yeah. Avery being honest with them would have impacted things um, in Verona's mind. But so Avery gets knocked down some pegs for that, but also fair, I guess, that she feels that way. Um I feel like in the recent chapters, they've all been knocked down a few pegs for certain things, but <laughs> true. Avery's been knocked down the least, so she's mm-hmm. currently my favorite at the moment. Um, <gasps> I know. Oh. Matching oh favorites. What Crazy. Happened, what happened to Lucy? Tell me about what you're mad I don't know. I mean, I still fucking love Lucy, but like, <laughs> she hasn't really been... I just really like... I love Lucy. Sorry. Hmm. Anyway. <laughs> um, but... She hasn't really been handling stuff with Verona and Jeremy that well. Yeah. Um, and I can relate more to her in terms mm. of that. Cause, but then Verona, but at the same time, like, yeah, you gotta talk to your friend. Don't be trying to invite the guy that likes her onto a, like a date, especially if you're saying you're fucking concerned about, uh, how it's gonna fuck with his Affect head and stuff him, yeah that's a really good way to fuck with his head even more that was kind of i mean i can get where she's coming from in terms of wanting your best friend to you know go on dates and join you with stuff not the way to do it no. um really good way to put 
Verona in an extra shitty situation um, and yeah. get Jeremy's hopes up even more. Um, yeah. Speaking of, I do like what she said in this last chapter where, um, I mean, like, obviously, Lucy and Verona need to, like, ha- stop having all this super stressful shit and then also need to, like, sit down and really talk about this. But I think that the talk with John yeah. really helped her. And when she was like, hey, I'm sorry, like, I was putting a lot of shit on this that, like, doesn't actually have to do with Jeremy and I'm sorry. And Verona was yeah. like, oh, okay. Like, that was a good moment that I liked That was good. Yeah. Um, It is very frustrating seeing Verona just, like, refuse to deal with anything. I... It's like, I understand you have to process things, but like, holy fuck, like, you need to have a little bit of communication. Right. I think I also just don't relate to her as much, which is why I'm like more angry with her. Like, I'm having a harder time understanding the feeling of like, um not wanting people to save her and wanting to like not wanting to be seen as like weak all the time and then not wanting to be seen as like too strong and too scary. And those, those have totally yeah. been things for Verona where she had like a super huge meltdown. And also she um, hates seeing her dad does that, you know, constantly. And she hates seeing that. And that's part of why she bottles things up. And then she also like made this decision about Bristow and it led to like this big traumatic thing happening and like so she's both like very powerful and scary and also like sometimes not as strong and i don't know like it like yeah makes sense but i'm pissed about it but on the other hand they have three days and maybe they don't have time for verona to like have the like emotional breakdown that she might need to process this but she was doing better and it just sucks yeah she's like backslid so much or something yeah it does suck um yeah, I mean, she probably, I mean, it's probably the worst time to be having to deal with her dad stuff. And of course, now it's like the time that she has to deal with it. Um, and yeah, I'm just like, I feel like I wish she would communicate better. I feel like that would help a lot of things, including yeah. like her having like crazy ideas like that. Because um, I'm like, again, yeah, it might work. But like, if you're going to have really good ideas like that you have to be able to kind of self-regulate a bit and Mm -hmm. like reel yourself back and kind of look at like what are the all like because i feel like she's good at thinking of like ways that she like certain things could work in her favor but i feel like like in terms of like she was saying i'm like 99 percent sure if we did it this way then we'd win Mm -hmm. even if it was like a really shitty way but i feel like She's not so good at looking at all the worst case scenarios of everything mm. that might happen when she implements those decisions. <laughs> um, partially because she's probably really good at making them really quickly. But I'm like, if you're going to make choices like that, you got to think of the worst case scenarios, what's going to happen and if that's worth it and you have to own that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I, that's a little frustrating for me too, but I, I feel like like you, she probably is the kind of tier I relate to the least. So yeah. um, it's easier for me to feel a little more harshly, I think towards her um, just because I don't relate to her quite as much. Right. I still like her quite a bit, but oh, yeah, totally for sure. Anyway. Um, so that was just a l- little bit of a dive into our thoughts into the most recent pale <laughs> chapter that we it's read. So intense. <laughs> it's good story, guys. Um, Scott, you God should read it. it. 
Yeah. <laughs> Fucking. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> All right, Malia. I hope you've thought of some stuff. Otherwise, it's going to be repeating the same thing. But what are your bold and specific prediction or predictions for this <laughs> chapter for this Woo! week? <laughs> so I wrote down, Evan will become Blake's familiar, parentheses, lame, right? <laughs> so I'm not sure if this is a bold <laughs> prediction at this point, but I felt like it was specific. I feel like adding in the like next arc makes it bolder and more likely to be wrong. Um Okay, sorry, you inhaled and I thought maybe you had something to say. No, I just I just breathe sometimes, you know. <laughs> it's, it's audible. Okay. Um and then I put down Evan becoming Blake's familiar will not affect Rose. But then like maybe it will. I'm really kind of struggling with this because they're like the same person, but they also like are not the same person. And I mean they have the strong connection, but then like you know, Rose had the voice and Blake doesn't. And like, I feel like maybe they're like Blake's making this agreement, not Rose, but then like Rose lying impacts Blake's practice. So I'm not really sure. Um, I, I feel like I can't really make this an actual prediction because I'm kind of like it will or will not affect Rose. <laughs> yeah. It's not uh, very Boulder specific, but no. Uh, um, Hmm. I'm trying to think about Rose. I feel like we got to deal with Rose soon. She's got to come back. She's still got to get out of the mirror world for reals, uh, which means she has to get unbound by conquest, presumably, or she's just like, if she's just bound by conquest for the rest of the story, that's nuts. I feel like, I don't know. I don't see Blake successfully overthrowing the Lord of Toronto and shit. And then moving on back to Jacob's bell where like the real crazy shit happens. Like that just like, doesn't seem realistic um yes realism <laughs> like just how is like oh i i mean i could see like maybe like producing some instability like you know i'm like the demons are gonna like or demon related things are gonna like fuck some stuff up probably but i i don't see toronto like being like resolved i see him just kind of like being able to leave and go back to jacob's bill for some reason but then like why is he going to um Maybe he's chased there or like something really bad happens. Like the time bubble stops and like Barbatorum gets out and he has to go deal with it. Um, or maybe he's just like, I just like, I don't see Rose continuing to be attached to conquest. Uh, I don't see her continuing to be unconscious. Oh, and then fucking Paige has to come into this story. If it really is Paige. Um, and, and Grace is with her presence or something i don't even know hmm. um well i have a question for you in oh terms God. of uh, possibly getting another bold specific prediction um <laughs> what's gonna happen with the police <laughs> um i don't know i kind of feel like that's gonna get resolved within like two chapters so i mean so the evidence i have against blake is he's like looks like shit and he found a dead body um which don't look good um i don't know enough about criminal procedures to know what probable cause is or um if they have it but probably um he's also like the toronto police is looking for him because he's like a missing person or whatever if Paige can be trusted to be telling the truth about that 
Um, so that maybe like fucks things up a little bit. Maybe Paige comes to get Blake and post bail. There's a bold and specific prediction. Paige is going to come bail Blake out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's wonderful. Uh, or maybe Joel, but I I don't know. I don't want Joel to keep. I don't know. No, we'll go with Paige. You said Paige. We're go with Paige. All right. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> Ugh, I had one really good, very wrong, bold and specific prediction at the beginning of the story, and I just feel like the rest of them are just. It's not I mean, happening. it's fine. You know, if in doubt, just try to be bold and specific and wrong. You know. Yeah. That's that's yep. fine. You're just gonna go bail like out of jail. All right, I love it. <laughs> All right, um, it's time for this week's or last week's discussion question, um, which was a delight. <laughs> um, basically asked, uh, "What are your best pickup slash breakup lines?" We're gonna start with Arborinus, which I don't know if that's pronounced correctly or not, but we're gonna go with it. Um, they're basically this is very cute <laughs> they were saying um the best pickup line that they've ever managed um was not otherverse related um which makes sense uh because that would be kind of unusual <laughs> but it used connections in a fun way um they once on a whim told an acquaintance told an acquaintance whenever you look at the moon think of me it turned out she really liked the moon she started sending him or, or them or her i don't know um started sending them angry texts about how um they ruined her favorite celestial body anytime she saw the thing and they just had their third anniversary now whenever they look at the moon they think of her that's so very sweet oh i love it um blake tall says in the spirit of pale sending someone cat photos are the best pickup line which dog photos would work better for me, but I'm a dog person. Um, but that's fair. Bird photos would work better for my boyfriend because he's a bird. <laughs> Although he probably wouldn't be like, you're hitting on me. He'd probably be like, let's identify the exact fucking species that you sent me. And then he'd tell you facts about them and you'd be like, cool. <laughs> like, this is more information than I wanted right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, we got Mr. Catfish. Um, they're saying that <laughs> hilariously they can't write any real pickup lines, so they give us some put down lines. Um, sons, are you an angel? Because I'm struggling to stand in your presence. Are, are your pants warded from augury? Because I can't see myself inside of them. <laughs> so good. Okay. <laughs> and then last but not least, <clears throat> when is a fairy not a fairy? When he's in your bed and he's a goblin. Oh, jeez. Okay. I'm so not going to explain. Anyway, I was going to say, ahead. I don't really get that, but that's fine. That's fine. That's, yeah, <laughs> it's all right. Don't think about it too hard. Just keep going. <laughs> okay. Um, Captain Rhino's pickup lines are, oh, you're a real person. I mistook you for an incarnation of beauty. <laughs> Smooth. Um. Roses are red, violets are blue. If I killed a god and divided up its power into usable pieces, I'd share some with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, then they suggest some um, how an actual practitioner relationship starts, which would be 
I think it would be advantageous to both our families if we got married. What do your parents think? <laughs> Which yeah. I hate. Um, and a fun put down line. Um, What's your source of power? It feels like there's a really strong connection blocker repulsing me from you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. All right. This next one, my tallest. Um, this is Worm and Ward Spoilers. So if you haven't read it... Um, Either turn this off now, or <laughs> I would just <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's short. You're fine. Yeah, just just like skip like a few seconds. You're, you're gonna be fine. All right. Is your na- last name Vasil? Because I'm suddenly in love with you, or Vassal. I don't remember word and warm uh, word ward. <laughs> Fuck worm and ward. I gotta admit, I don't remember what this is. If I'm not mistaken, I believe. Uh, Heartbreaker's last name. Uh, and all the, all the bad fucked up kids, unfortunately. Bad. Good but bad. Yes. Cool. Um, Mirth Strikes addition to this tomfoolery is that's a nice looking implement. I bet it would look even better on the floor of my domain. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just so great because like implements aren't like it's not necessarily clothes and it's just so obviously like that one pickup line and it's just like so fucking funny. Yes. I love it. I, I should have mentioned at the start, there were a lot, like, a fuckload of pickup <laughs> lines, guys. Yeah, y'all I mean, good. it was great. I couldn't put them all in. I still put a lot in here. But if I'm missing your pickup line, I apologize. There was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um. Anyway, next we have Clawford. Um, who gives us these three lovely ones. Um, first one is, are you a hangmaiden? Because I feel like you've caught me in your web. Then, are you a host? Because I wouldn't mind slipping inside you. Oh, God, that's so uncomfortable. <laughs> of course it is. That's so fucking uncomfortable. Yeah. Okay. Well, go go back and look at the fairy one that you didn't get. and look. I, I'm at not going to little... think about it. I'm not thinking about it. <laughs> All right. Um, last but not least, is that your implement in your pocket? Or are you just happy to see me? Uh. <laughs> um Stell like hexes is are you a shamanistic diagram because your figure has curves in exactly the right places that's <laughs> <laughs> so great um the silent one wants to ask hey are you an other because i'd like to bind you to my bed nope <laughs> <laughs> Some of these are like, haha, that's great. And some of these are like, haha, that's great. But also if someone said that, that's a super red flag. <laughs> I mean, unless okay. you're uncertain. Of, of course. Most of these. Like, okay. Of, yeah. Okay. And then we come to, uh, you get to read these because it's your turn, Malia. <gasps> but I'm so Elliot, aka Pickup Line Master. Yeah. So these were all amazing. And I'm going to try not to laugh while I'm and speaking. And these aren't so all that- of them. Like there, there, there were more of them. I just like could not put them all in because there were a fuckload of them. Yeah. But so they for, were all great. For those of you who aren't on the Discord, I'm gonna plug it real fast. It's it's public. It's free. You don't have to be one of our patrons to join. And um, sometimes you get shit like Elliot just dropping like incredible tons of just gold. like fucking gold. You know, like yeah, they're so good. Okay. He, <clears throat> it's like I just have to say 
like he mentioned, I think some works we were talking about um, some of the bad pickup lines <laughs> that we've gotten mm-hmm. um, like in real life and stuff. And he was, I think he said something along the lines of, um suddenly glad i've never been hit on and like dude it no wonder you haven't been hit on because everyone would be too fucking intimidated <laughs> they're not gonna want to no one can compete with this get, yeah they're gonna be too ashamed <laughs> like there's no way anyone's gonna be able to like compete with this so um if you're wondering why that's that's the reason so yeah i feel like we've built these up a lot but i feel like they're still gonna live up to our they're still great <laughs> i mean they're, and I'm just impressed because he like just kept coming up with them over and over and over. And I'm like, man, a lot more clever than I am with this. <laughs> anyway, right. without further ado, um, damn girl, are you from the paths? Because I'm lost in those eyes. That's pretty good. <clears throat> are you a fairy? Because you're beautiful and I don't care what games you play with me. <laughs> Which, nope, still care. <laughs> Okay. Um, I like this next one. (laughs) This one's so good. Are you a Thorburn? Because I feel like I'm about to get cosmically screwed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I think this next one's my favorite. Um, I can't. Okay. If I pretend to be an other, do you think you and I can get familiar? (laughs) (laughs) It's just so clever in every way. so good. The thing that I'm loving about these is like, they're not just like, slight variations of pickup like of you know cliche pickup lines like that one's just like so fucking good it's just fucking good yeah oh this one's kind of sweet are you a chronomancer because the whole world stands still every time i look at you oh okay i like this last one too (laughs) it's pretty good hey there i've got this locket of glamour and no one to share it with so why don't you come with me and tonight we can be whatever we want it to be so it's good. pretty good. <laughs> All right. And then last but not least, um, we were blessed enough to have Wild Bo chime in um, <laughs> with a couple of them. Uh, first one, um, which is the most what the fuck one, um, <laughs> is let's cut to the chase. We go to your place, pick 10 goblin names out of a hat, do that, then I go home. <laughs> which is inspired by... An apparently real pickup line that he had heard. Um, <laughs> not uh, used on him, but... Thankfully not used on someone, him, but yeah. someone was trying to pitch to him that this was like a great line. Um, him and a bunch of impressionable youths around a campfire. Um, to use this line, as it always... It works on the ladies. Um, I don't know what kind of ladies this guy was talking to, but uh, it would not have worked on me. And I would have tried to get the hell away as fast as I could. But the real line um, was, let's cut to the chase. We go to your place. I'll go down on you. Masturbate politely and go home. I really masturbate like to masturbate politely. politely. Like, what, the f- <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? I just, like, <laughs> what would be impolitely and yeah i don't know i mean i love it we, we we don't know who this man is um to ask him these uh burning questions so i guess we'll never know but <laughs> uh wild Bo also um adds these two other lovely lines um are you an enchantress because i think i can see a connection happening but and then 
Last but not least, <laughs> are you the abyss? Because I think I could lose myself in your dark recesses. <laughs> so, Thanks. So it makes me blush. I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. The, I feel like if anyone actually, I guess as a disclaimer, um, <laughs> don't use these lines on real people. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, some of them might work fine. Like some the, enchant- the Enchantress one's fine. That one's kind of nice. The Abyss one. <laughs> sorry, guys. Yeah, don't 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 use that on a real person. I mean, I feel like I shouldn't have to say this, but you know, just in case, if you do, okay. let us know how it goes. <laughs> yes, if you do, please let us know how it goes. You have to, because otherwise, that's not even fair. We've given you these lines. Um, if you're using them in the real world, you need to t- give us an update because mm-hmm. um, for real. <sighs> all right. Um, thank you all for your wonderful <laughs> contributions to this discussion question. Um, almost makes me want to do something similar in the future if we can think of a way to, to do it. But um, I mean, we might just have to savor the moment and just recognize that this was this was a great. This uh, was a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> sometimes you can't recreate it. You just have to savor it and realize that this is the good shit. So, so thanks guys. <laughs> yes. Okay. For this week's discussion question, it's not the best discussion question, but mm. it's what I thought of just now. So, cause we were talking and bitching about, you know, how we use, time uh to communicate distance what is your preferred method of communicating distance and possibly if you want to come up with a fun way to communicate distance that you think is superior uh go for it yeah or or direction um or direction i don't know if this is going to spoil some of y'all's ideas but i've heard of a um group of people somewhere that like have a very very strong sense of direction because they never they don't use the words right and left um they don't use like huh. um subjective means of direction everything is like cardinal um so when they describe anything they say like the exact specific like cardinal or whatever like direction of that thing um hmm. which is like so like things in their mind are like very mapped out incredibly thoroughly. I mean, they have like a very like specific sense of like space and stuff because of the way they like communicate things through language, which is like really cool. That's really cool. I'm really bad at that. Um, like carnal directions. I don't know why, but that reminded me, um, back on Maui. And let me just preface this to say, I am not a good surfer at all. (laughs) I'm really bad. But I do have a board and, you know, on occasion, uh, I used to go out uh, where the really small waves are because let's be real, I'm not going to be catching anything real big. (laughs) But um, people, uh, I mean, before like all our phones were waterproof and shit like that, you know, you wouldn't really bring anything out. Um, But you could like the surfers that were there a lot. You could ask them what time it was and they would seriously like put their finger. I've seen multiple people do this, put their finger like on like the back of their hand to make like a, uh, like a a, a makeshift sundial. Yeah. And tell you the time. And they actually (laughs) would be like stupid accurate, like within a few (laughs) minutes. 
like oh it's 10 45 and then like if i went back and checked like you know it was right around that time so <laughs> That's nuts. it was impressive anyway <laughs> i was always impressed okay guys uh thanks for listening to our podcast uh if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast please subscribe share it with your friends and leave a rating and review to support our podcast go to patreon.com slash doof media you can also check out our website at doofmedia.com to learn about all the cool shows on the doof network if you'd like to support wildbo as he continues to write fantastic stories go to patreon.com slash wildbo you can follow the pod on twitter at pale comparison or send us an email at pale in comparison pod at gmail.com. Keep an eye out for our Reddit thread in r slash parahumans where you can answer our discussion question and share your thoughts on this episode. In addition, if you would like to see all of my predictions laid out, check out our episode description for a link to a prediction tracker. And I promise I will actually put my predictions in there. Maybe when Jenny <laughs> has her baby. <laughs> probably a good idea um <laughs> all right this week's fun fact which i thought was pretty damn cool i'm not gonna lie um it's gonna change up your coin flipping game a little bit unless it doesn't but you know it might um so when flipping a coin most people think it's 50 50 odds to come up heads or tails it's actually not 50 50 odds um whatever side is facing up before you flip your coin has a two percent better chance of landing so if it's heads um before you flip it you have a 51 percent chance to get heads as opposed to 49 percent chance to get tails that doesn't make any fucking sense to me i mean is it like the done weight studies? on the one side of the cord coin is maybe like slightly throwing off the whatever I mean, but then the tails, if you get tails, then that flips. So the next time it's 51% likely to get tails. What are you asking? So like, okay, so say I do heads and I have a 51% chance of getting heads again. Yeah. But it goes to tails. And that means I have a 51% chance of getting tails. If you flip it again. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking nuts. It's pretty crazy, guys. I don't believe it. Well statistics aren't real you can go argue with the science because they've <laughs> done studies on it <laughs> i'm not making it up because <laughs> no, they were like i guess specifically trying to study to see if it actually is 50 50 and they were like oh like it's not whatever whatever is facing up has a better chance <laughs> so i mean it's not like a real huge chance huge difference but you know if someone's like but it's there <laughs> If, if if it's like your life depends on you know this coin toss you're gonna have a little bit better chance of not dying if you get if you name whatever uh side is facing up first this just feels like they got a bunch of practitioners who'd like gone through like the paths or whatever and they'd gone through some fucking path where like the boon is like you know this bullshit where like if you flip a coin it'll be slightly more likely to like land on the same thing as you just flipped it as um because this sounds like fucking bullshit are are you like trying to bad talk my facts no i i think it's great i just don't believe it (laughs) i have to look up this damn study and send it to you i want to believe yeah you're not gonna believe the damn studies 
You know about the whole like crisis in psychology right now with like the whole like study thing? I I don't actually. There's been a lot of problems with like um bad studies being like published because um mm. the, like when you get boring results nobody really wants to publish those or whatever um or like whatever and so there's a lot of like it's like I think it's called like the publication crisis you should look it up. But interesting. This might be real. Flip a coin odds this might be real. Fuck your face. <laughs> no, I believe <laughs> that you found this information. <laughs> well, this thing from 2012 in the Smithsonian Magazine says that you're right. Yeah, and they have a shit ton of sources here, okay? At least, like, the main reference. Uh, the Search for Randomness American Association for the Advancement of Science Annual Meeting. So I guess they did like a presentation on it. And then there's also the probability of heads American mathematical monthly. And then there's also this heads or tails science news online article. But there's also a bunch of people from Stanford and UC Santa Cruz and Berkeley that have were a part of this research as well. Yeah, this feels like witchcraft, but okay. I mean... Real life is trippy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know. You talking about the like the studies issues um, reminds me of that whole like NASA study a while back that was really really wrong. <sighs> Did I talk to you about that? I don't think so. I was. I was taking at the time a uh, scientific, uh, what is a, it was like, like a scientific, uh, research writing course or something, um, that I unfortunately have not retained basically anything from, but, um, it was basically like, they kind of went over for one, how to write scientific research papers, but also how to read them. Um, oh. And one of them that they went over um, at the time was relatively new study that had come out um, that was published by NASA, which you'd think would be really a good source. But this was like the stupidest fucking study. Um, <laughs> and it was basically they were saying that they had found arsenic based life forms Um which oh, that does sound familiar. Yeah. Ring a bell? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it would have been really huge if they had done things properly. Uh, so from what I can recall, um, if I remember this correctly, uh, basically, like, their field was, like, contaminated. And it was, like, there was a piece of arsenic that was, like, stuck onto oh, the, like, the back of, like... An actual like life form, <laughs> life form. yeah. Um, and they hadn't got it like peer reviewed, I think, before they like published it, or it was just uh, it was a hot mess of a study. Um, that um, I just remember the professor like tearing it apart and being like, "These guys should be embarrassed because this is an embarrassment." <laughs> um. Anyway, on that note, um, you guys have a good night 
or yep. morning, whenever you're listening to this. And we will. I don't know. I might have a baby, but I mean, if I don't have a baby before the next recording, then we'll record something else. Woo! Woo. <laughs> Hopefully, talk to you soon. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.